side. So it was literally nothing about the passage. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. If the Lord's laid this on my heart, we ought to treat the Scripture right, as we were encouraged last week, weren't we, Steve? It's the Word of God. Let's treat the Scripture right. What is actually the Scripture saying to us? So that's why I want to read it. Um, but I'm going to pray first. Okay? Amen. You can feedback. You can say words like amen. Keep going, John. You know, just keep on talking. We've got nothing else better to do. Things like that, yeah? Anyway, uh, let's pray. Father, I just want to say thank you. Because you know everything. You know every heart here. Lord, and uh, I believe in the sovereignty of God. That we are here, those present this morning. Not everyone's here this morning, but we are here because you have deemed it that we need to hear this message together. So, Lord, I want to pray for each one of us, myself included, that you may minister to us, excite our hearts about you and what you're doing, believing, Lord, that we may not know the detail, but we know that you are doing something. And, Lord, I pray that for us now that we might just hear these words and be, uh, be blessed and encouraged by you in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you remember a few, uh, I don't know when it was, maybe a month or something ago, I talked about the undercurrent. Remember the undercurrent? Alan, Alan loves it when I did it, didn't you, Al? Uh, apparently I did it wrong last time when it was like this. But the undercurrent, God moving in the undercurrent, you can't always see what's going on, but at some point the undercurrent starts to reveal itself. So, you know, if you want to listen to that talk, you can go on the website and look for it and listen to it. Uh, it was a very good one, if I say so myself. I really enjoyed preaching it, um, and I was encouraged by it. So, anyway, so just keep that in mind, that there, is, there was, if we talk about the undercurrent, these things will reveal themselves. So, Isaiah 43, verse 16. I, um, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they may declare my praise. And also, just if you go to chapter 44, just I probably won't go into this, but this is relevant. Verses 1 to 5. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurin, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand, the Lord's, the name himself, uh, and name himself by the name of Israel. Amen? Amen? Encouraging stuff, isn't it? And I think prophetically, or prophetically, I should say, 
The God is speaking to us as a church, and I, and I trust individually, that there is a new thing already begun, already springing up. But I want to, um, if you like, put that on a foundation of teaching. Because I don't just want it to be like a kind of a, yeah, God's doing a new thing, and almost like I'm using the passage because it kind of helps me to persuade you somehow that God's doing a new thing. But I want, to, I want us to look at this passage, and I've got five points uh, that will come from this. The first thing that I want to pick up is, it says here, remember not the former things. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. What is he talking about? Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if he said, you know, I mean, and we can take this, this is truth, forget all the bad things that's happened in your life, forget all of the worries and the anxieties that you've gone through, all of the situations. We can say that, and we can find scripture to say that God has set us free from the past, but that's not what he's saying. And if you look at this passage that we've read from verse 16 to 17, I wonder whether anyone can recognize a story from those two verses. Anyone? A way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Moses, the exodus through the Red Sea, who brings forth chariot and horse. Who are they? Egyptians. They lie down. They cannot rise. Why? They're dead. Yeah. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. This burning fire rage of Egypt, the slavers, was quenched in the, in the waters of baptism. Or, or not baptism. Uh, of, of the uh, Red Sea. It is a picture of baptism. Remember not the former things. There was a time where they would say, um, you know, remember the Exodus. Remember the great works of God. You, you know, and they would tell the story of, of all the, uh, the various miracles of the ten, the ten plagues of, of Egypt when they came out. They would remember these things and tell them uh, tell each other these wonderful stories of God, of what God did, rather, through their escape from slavery and then into the promised land. And he's saying, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, Jeremiah, he said something very similar in chapter 23, 5 to 7. You don't need to turn to it unless you want to. And he said this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch... And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Now this is the bit, listen. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt... But as, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I had driven them. So Jeremiah is saying, no longer will they say, as the Lord lives, who brought us out of Egypt, do not remember or remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, verse 19, he says, or as, as Jeremiah said, instead they're going to say, and this is where you go to verse 19, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's now talking about something else. So he's saying, don't talk about that. He's talking about something new. 
He's talking about, as Jeremiah said, um, no longer talk about that, talk about this. When God has brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land, Babylon, to Israel. You see in the picture? Before and after. There's a, an old thing and there is a new thing. And Isaiah is bringing this prophetic word at, uh, that this is a future prophecy to the people of Israel. So we have to, again, understand where we are, where this is being spoken. Who is Israel speaking to? He's speaking to a people of God who are stuck. And they're stuck in slavery again. They're stuck in captivity again. And he's giving them hope. And he's saying God is doing a new thing. In fact, this new thing was way beyond their understanding. Completely way beyond you see, even in that passage there, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, gives you a picture of a group of people marching through the desert, like Nehemiah took his group of people to go and rebuild the walls, or I don't know how it all worked out, but at some point, they walked through the wilderness to get to Israel. And so you can see it there, but they had no idea of the new thing that God was doing. And, and Jeremiah saw this, as he said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David, king da from the line of David, a righteous branch. He will reign as king, and he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Who's he talking about? Jesus. See, they didn't know that God wasn't just about to bring them out of slavery. He was going to deal with the issue of slavery. Yeah? So let's read Jeremiah, um, Isaiah 44, uh, 3 to 5 again. And this is what he said. I will pour water on thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And, and we could go into that. It's lovely poetry. Just this thing about, and they shall spring up among the grass. People will just be coming out of nowhere, calling themselves by the Lord's name. Isn't that encouraging? And I think that's what God is going to do. Um, but maybe we'll get to that. Um, Peter, preaching in Acts chapter 2, um, recalled Joel when he said, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. I had a dream last night. I'll tell you about that a bit later. Um, not that I'm an old man. Uh, Even on my male servants and female servants... In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. They shall bring forth the word of the Lord. And you can see this in Isaiah 44. Now, this, this is a little on the side. If you, if, now, we know that the chapters were brought in a bit later on in wherever, you know. But what is encouraging about this? Now, have I got this right, Guy? I'm looking at you. There are 44 books in the Old Testament. No? 39. You sure? I thought it was 40, uh, 44, but all right, I might be wrong there. Anyway, that, was, that wasn't really worth it. We'll, uh, we'll delete that from the podcast. Um, but these are the days, this new thing is going to be the days of an outpouring of spirit. 
And, and this was the thing that the Israelites didn't understand, as, as I said earlier. God was not just going to deal with their physical situation, he was going to deal with the spiritual situation. And we know, because we can look in hindsight, that what God did was deal with the heart of the problem, which was the heart of man. There is nothing we can do in ourselves. Coming to church doesn't change us, although it's the route to find change. Don't start all just disappearing from church, everyone. Um, as Spurgeon once said, God moves in many different ways in many different places, but if you want one place where he will move, it will be the church. Amen? Amen. 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 I, I was expecting more amens there. <laughs> Not more from the same people, but, <laughs> but amen. See, there is a greater faction. There is a greater work. And if you, if you have your Bibles, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because Paul, he says something I think is really radical. Because we can't deny the work of God in Egypt, the bringing of the law, the, the leadership of Moses, the, the miracles and the power of God through the people of Israel and the old, just the bringing of the law, the chosen people, the guardians of the law, the prophets, and all these things that we put in our Old Testament. The Old Covenant itself was a glorious covenant with the people of God. Um, now, we won't go into detail what that means, but what we can say is that we don't look back at what God has done and say that it wasn't good. That's his point. He's not saying that the old thing wasn't good. He's saying that the new thing will supersede the old thing. And Paul confirms that in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 7 to 11. He says, now, if the ministry of death, that's the old. He calls it the ministry of death because there was a lot of death. A lot of things were dying. Um, Carved in letters of stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to, a, to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit, this new thing, have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case... What once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Martin said, what God is doing is an eternal thing. That's my summary, isn't it, Martin? Um, in other words, he's saying the, the old covenant was glorious beyond anything that this world could produce. It was glorious, but then another, God's glory came in such a great way that it made the glory of that look inglorious. Is that a word? Um, what an incredible things, uh, thing to think about. And so we must be careful that we don't hold on to the glories of the past um, and, and not realize that there are glories to be gained. But, and those glories are going, are going to surpass the glories of the old, but it doesn't mean that the old wasn't glorious. And I want to bring that in relation to that what God has done in the past was glorious in your life, in this church life, but what God is going to do in the future will surpass the glory of the past. Amen? Amen. Good. So, let's not, and this is my point, let's not get caught up in what was because you never really know the extent of what God will do. Or what? So I say it again. Don't get caught up in what was. You never really know the extent of what God will do. Or I'll change that to God can do or is doing. So 
Again, I want to make this point. It is not about that we look to the past or we discard or demote the past of what God's done in our lives or what God's done in this church. God is doing a new thing. And now with the children of Israel, they didn't take into account the power of that new thing. So in their mind, their encouragement was, God will bring back a people to the land of Israel. They will make ways through the wilderness that you will come from, the, from that land of slavery in back to your place in Israel. But what they didn't consider was Jesus. They didn't consider the righteous branch. They didn't consider the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. They didn't consider the, the, the change of the heart so that when Jesus actually came, this new thing, the greater thing, the gl- more glorious thing that came, they did not look at it because they was looking for what was represented by the old. And even to this day, Jews are still looking for something which is represented by the old. And only some... We went out with Mark and Julie last night at a lovely meal. You chat to Mark, Mark Chambers about what the Jews look at and, and all these kind of things. I'm sure you might have had a conversation with him. Um, but he's, he's, he loves this subject, that God is moving amongst the Jews because he's revealing to those Jews the new thing, Jesus. So we must not be prescriptive because what, the way that God moved in the old way was not the way that God moved in the new way. So we, we, we do not forget these great things, but we are not guided by them. I've been reading about generations, different generations in, in the world, and there was a time, because of lower kind of uh, death rates and all this kind of thing, that you might have, say, three different generations. And what that means is that they're... Like, I come from generation known as Generation X. Um, it sounds very kind of... Su- su- uh, what they call it? Superhero stuff, you know. The, the X-Men. There are some here that are baby boomers, those that are older than me, probably, uh, well, people like Jim's age, yeah, baby boomers, born after the boom of having babies after the war. Uh, <laughs> um, prior to the war, I don't think there's anyone here, there's the silent generation, they called them. They're people that grew up um, as children in the informative years where they, where, where they were, you know, be quiet, you know, you're not allowed to speak, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, that's one of, the, one of the various things. After me comes the millennials. So if you're born about 1980, I think it is. I think that's about the cutoff. It's a bit blurry. Depends who you talk to. All the way up to probably if you're about, if you're just under about 34 years old, 35 maybe. No, maybe even a bit later. I'm not too sure. But anyway, and then you've got Generation Z because millennials are Generation Y. This is fascinating. I can tell by your face. This is fascinating. Generation Y. Now that's my daughter's age, and my, well, all my children, the oldest of generation is 22, 23. They're now entering the workforce. So in workplaces, you can have a, like three or four, well, three um, different generations who have been, whose thinking and their worldview, the way they see the world, is very different to one another. And so now, business leaders are looking at, how do you get millennials to work with Gen Xs, and, and what do we do about these Gen Zs, and all this kind of thing? And, and the point of this is that you can have five different generations alive at the same time, I think it was, because now Generation A, because they're going back to the beginning, for five-year-olds and all that kind of younger. 
But as they grow up, as I grew up, I, the world informed my understanding. It, it created a viewpoint. My generation was called the latchkey kids because a lot of parents were like, after the previous generation, they was like, you know, oh, as long as you're fed you, and you, you, know, you still look like you're alive, that's about as much as the kind of like... And then with the, the millennials, um, they were actually, some people would argue, uh, <laughs> kind of like a, a bit more mollycoddled. And, and, and protected, told they're special and they're wonderful all the time because us Gen Xs, we were never told we were special, so we're going to tell all the ones that come after us and things like this. Now, um, and they're very tech savvy because they grew up and they've, a lot of them are now basically inventing the new technologies. They're a, a, an entrepreneurial type of people. They're, they're, you know, every group has these great uh, things. Gen Z, they talk about being tech dependent. I've really gone off my notes here, I'm sorry. This, is, um, this has nothing to do with my preach now. Um, <laughs> But it is. Jen said they call tech dependent. That is, they, they have to. Technologies now, they are dependent on it. Now, this has a really interesting... Why was I bringing this up? This has a really interesting challenge. You see, every generation sees the world differently. Now, the older generations will look at the younger generations and say, you know, it's all going to pot. Look at these. And, and millennials particularly get a real bashing. They really do. Um, but actually what people don't see is what they bring to society and what they bring to churches and bring to businesses because everyone brings something really special and we've got to see it. Now, this is my point. See, God knows that the Gen Z are the tech-dependent people. Now, he's not thinking, right, how am I going to get Gen Z to pick up a paper book and read my words? He knows what they need. His new thing will take into account the new generations that are coming up. That's my point. And we got there in the end. It's like a gym joke, isn't it, Jim? We, we got there in the end. And there was a laugh at the end as well. So. Um, and that, I find that, and so I'm reading up about that because I'm thinking, as a church, how do we reach a society of such a wide variety of different types of people and an emerging uh, society of, of young people who do not see the world as we see them, who are a bit older? That, I think, is a really important question for us as a church. If we are going to see people come to know the Lord, we need to communicate in a way in which they will respond. So that's my point. But God knows, because the new thing is always, he knows exactly what's coming up. That's my point. Amen? Got there. That was point one. Um, point number two, quickly. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. That which God did in the undercurrent will spring forth and reveal itself. And I want to say to you, in this new season, God is going to be revealing what he's doing. And this is, this is something that I think, um, where when you look at these different generations, there are, like with the Generation Z, they are multitaskers. They can watch TV, be on their phone, and do something else at the same time. And it drives me mental because I'm like, why is the TV on when you're on the phone? But as is because they are very good at multitasking. Now, that is a real encouragement because it has been said, it has been said by someone else that millennials are not very good at multitasking. I'm just putting that out there. Um, but they probably, <laughs> you can, yeah. They probably didn't realize I said that because I was already thinking about something else. So... But behold, I'm doing a new thing. We need to have creative thinking, not just to follow the same processes that we've always followed. You know, behold, I'm doing a thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not see it? I think it says in Isaiah. Um, Do you not perceive it in the ESB or in the 
um, in the old, uh, King, old King James Version, it says, will ye not know it? In other words, it, there's signs already of God's new thing. But we can be so busy looking for something else that we don't see it. So we need to start to say, Lord, will you give us fresh thinking, fresh vision, fresh um, look to see what God is doing? Because if we're looking for the markers of the past, that might not be the way in which God is working. He's doing something new. Do you understand? Who is it? And here's the point. So this is point three. Can you see what God is doing? So not only is God doing, now it springs forth. Can you see what God is doing? Do you hear the prophetic word that comes through the church? I was encouraged by what we heard already today, and encouraged by Daniel giving that opportunity, saying, what is, saying, what is the Lord saying to the church? Um, and it's interesting, one of the things is, you've got to get out of the boat. Or if you're out of the boat, learn to dance on the water, I think it was, wasn't it, that Debbie was saying. Um, are you getting out of the boat? Are we listening? Are we moving outside of our nice, comfortable place? Are we actually so cowering in fear? I think it was the word, wasn't it, Debbie, you were bringing? You know, have we, have we putting on new glasses? Because over, over time, myself included, I have to put my glasses on in the morning because my eyes aren't as good in the morning as they are once they've woken up a few hours later. I have to put my glasses on. I have to see things differently. I'm putting my own interpretation on your word, if you don't mind. Um, but we put on these things. We have to put on new attitudes, new understandings. We have to think, Lord, will you help me to see things in a new way? Because God is a God beyond our understanding. Um, what's that verse um, um, where it says, beyond your imagination? What's that verse? Eyes not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those that, that, that love. <laughs> I'm reiterating it through the mic. Amen. Did you hear that? All those things that God has prepared. <laughs> I had a dream last night. I haven't told Jana this, but Jana was talking in her sleep as well. And I can't remember the first bit she said. Because uh, um, what this has is, is a sense of, I want, and this is the word that she said. She went, expectations. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, amen, Lord. <laughs> she said something else before. I can't remember what it was, but it, uh, but it was... Oh, and then, Oh, expectations. I was like, yes, we need to have a mindset of expectations. And then I had a dream. And I'm not saying this is prophetic or anything, um, but I just find it interesting. I had this dream. I was in church listening to someone speak who's, who I don't, I don't know. Um, but it was definitely in church. And then I had to go to the loo. <laughs> so I went to the loo and I went outside and there were four queues of 20 kids queuing up for the toilet. And I was like, what, you know, so either God's going to move powerfully, if this is prophetic, amongst our kids' work, or our kids are going to develop some really weak bladders. Um, either way. But are we expecting, as I was encouraged last night, um, are we listening to the prophetic? Are we asking God to speak? Are we treating just purely coincidence what God is doing when we listen to some of the stories? Next week, when we talk about the community groups, and as we're looking at how we transition in our community groups and missional communities and what are the activities that are going on, what's going on in the cafe, are we expectant that God is doing a new thing or are we looking for something that we're comfortable with because that was what we're used to? So do you have an increased anticipation of the things of God? Are you seeking it? Behold, do you know it? You know, it's wonderful. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't want to make, a, you know, to, to make anyone feel comfortable, but if you want to be encouraged, just go and speak to Alan. Yeah. All right? Go and speak to Alan. He'll tell you just a number of stories in his, that's going on in his life amongst people, and that's just one person. Uh, sorry, Alan, you're going to be indulging people coming up to talk to you afterwards. Um, but the children of Israel, they had been taken into captivity, would never have dreamed what was to come. They would never have dreamed that one, well, first of all, they had returned to their land, the coming of King Jesus, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the beginning of the church of God. And, and as I said earlier, how many Jews did not put their faith in Jesus because they were looking for the wrong thing? So we open up our hearts with an expectation and faith to believe that God is at work, God is moving, God has started, and he wants us to see it. So we have to be ready, looking, seeing, what is God doing in your life, amongst your neighbours, amongst your work colleagues, or in your family, in your social situation, what is God doing? I'm expecting, you know, in the cafe, over the last three or four months, the cafe sales have just dived. And, um, and to be honest, we haven't, we've been making a loss for three months. And I believe that's in the Lord. Because it just, there's a, either it's just coincidental or God is sovereign. And I vote with God is sovereign. And so God knows. And so I'm expecting that in September, um, as we share a bit more about this next week, things are going to start to move because God has just, just given us a time of where we're just a bit of downtime. I don't care what's going on with Brexit or whatever, that doesn't make any difference to me. It's what God wants to do. And I believe he's going to use the cafe to do that as a, as a means to meet people. So one final, two final things, um, just to quickly finish. In Isaiah, verse 19, the end of the verse is, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so we see, and I want to be more sort of figurative in this, so we know that that is in reference to the coming of the people out of slavery back to their homeland. What does it mean? And just a little thing. Practically speaking, that's what happened. But God will bring about a new thing. I'm going to use Debbie's word. When we are willing to step out the boat. We will discover the new things of God when we're willing to go through the desert, when we're willing to go through the wilderness, when we're willing to go through the challenges, and we're willing to embrace the new things. See, we can um, enter this season as though it was a nice calm walk along the shore, um, but I think it may be somewhere between that and walking on stormy seas. Because God often takes us through the desert to get us to where we're going. So as much as this is kind of like, yes, isn't this encouraging? Come on, let's, as a church, let's rally together. Let's, let's see what God has got. There's something amazing that God is doing right now. We need to see it. But equally, you can't ignore that the scriptures often takes us through the wilderness to get to the promised land. Amen? But in the, water in, uh, in the wilderness, it says, and I will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. Um, Jerome said this, I will open a way, not merely in the Red Sea, but in the wilderness of the whole world, and not merely one river shall gush out of the rock, but many which shall refresh, not the bodies as formerly, but the souls of the thirsty, so that the prophecy shall be with, uh, fulfilled. With joy, shall ye with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. He's commenting on the prophetic nature of this verse. 
of salvation of souls as we go out into the wilderness the salvation of souls see in other words we can't sit in our churches nice and comfortably we've got to be out in the wilderness of this world often water is a picture of the moving of the spirit as well and uh, and we shall always have our thirst for God quenched finally to finish with this That they, he says, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. I believe that this new thing that God is doing, our response is to be a people of praise. To believe that God is doing a new thing, to expect it. Expectations! Sorry, darling. Recognize, celebrate it, get on board with it. To understand that challenge and difficulty may be the means of it. To know that God's spirit will be moving in the midst of it. And to be a people characterized by praise. Lifting up our voices, shouting out to God, celebrating God together. Giving thanks to God every day. And that's what I think, um, why we meet together. Well, one of the reasons we meet together. So I want to encourage us to to do that, be a people of praise. And just one final word I want to finish with uh, to encourage us. As I said, next week week we have uh, this meeting. We also have an AGM. Two weeks, sorry. I've been thinking it was next week all along. Thanks, Anne. Two weeks' time, September the 15th. Um, And we got an AGM as well, so we're going to have lunch together, so bring lunch. So we'll have to remember that as well. But I want to encourage this, this word for all of us, okay? You ready for it? It's one word, three letters. Try. Let's try some stuff. Let's try creative, weird, not weird. No, let's get creative, uh, different, new. Just let's try some stuff. And you know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Let's praise God. But let's have an attitude. You know what? Let's try something because it could be that crazy idea of John James is, is the means by which God brings about his new thing. Amen, John? Anyways, let's pray, shall we? Father, we just want to thank you that you are doing a new thing. Lord, now it springs forth. Give us eyes to see it, I pray. We want to thank you for all that has gone before us. All the glory of your name, Lord, that we celebrate. But we also celebrate the new thing that you're going to do. Lord, will you give us an expectation, Lord, of all this um, potential, all this that we can never even imagine. Lord, help us to move beyond our understanding. Lord, thank you we can be theologically sound in your scriptures, but we can do things practically different. Lord, without neglecting your word. But Lord, help us to know what you want us, each individual one of us to do. Help us to know what you want us to do in our smaller groups, Lord. Help us to know what you want us to do as a church, as we believe you, Lord, for this new thing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Perhaps I can invite the worship team, if we could just sing a song, just to praise God in response to a people of praise, and then we'll... uh, do some notices or something.